My next guest is Judy Bowers, work psychologist and coach at Strengths Consultancy based in Amsterdam. Judy has a passion for change and helping individuals and organizations alike thrive. At Strengths Consultancy, they assist organizations at all levels to focus on strengths rather than weaknesses by assessing their talents using a tool known as Clifton Strengths Finder. She'll be telling us more about it next. Join me and let's open that toolbox. So these are the strengths that I have and I can reach the same outcome as someone else, but in a way that is natural to me, in a way that I know how to go about it, in a way that I'm confident in, and that's okay. Judy, hi, welcome to CSM Toolbox. How are you? I'm doing great. The sun is shining. I'm very thankful for that. And I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's the same here in, in Dublin, in Ireland. When it is sunny, yeah, we have to be thankful if it's dry in particular. <laughs> yeah, especially in Europe. Yes. <laughs> it's been a very, very dark winter. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, for those that might not know about the Don Clifton strength-based approach to management and leadership, could you please tell our audience what it is? Sure. So strength-based approach to working is an alternative approach to development. So currently our default is that we need to focus on our weaknesses or that we need to improve our weaknesses. If you're bad at math, you need to get a math tutor. This pattern is familiar to us because we grow up learning to fix what's wrong. In the process, we develop not good enough or fix what's wrong mentality. So you end up exhausting your energy to yield mediocre results while not feeling fulfilled. So when you divert your attention to focusing on what you do well, so where your strengths are, you develop a sense of value in yourself. You allow yourself to feel confident and engaged uh, because you take an approach that comes naturally to you. This starts by being aware of what actually you're good at, though. So if you put this in the context of leadership, I believe that leaders face pressure to become the leader for all. And what's worse is there's actually no widely accepted definition for what leadership even is. So it seems like there's always a new and improved standard for leadership. And it feels like a lot of chasing trends are focusing too much on arbitrary results. So it's sort of a, a, a lack of a guided approach for leadership development. I think what's important to realize is that leaders are people too. And how can you be expected to lead and enable others or get the most out of your team when you're not certain how to get the most out of yourself or even where the potential lies within your team? Every individual needs a different approach to maximize their potential. So Clifton Strengths approach provides leaders with a system to recognize and cultivate potential in others. It's worth noting that this is not a personality assessment and this is also not a pigeonholing tactic. So it doesn't mean that because your strengths are within a specific area that other options are limited to you. What it is, however, is a performance tool to help leaders increase performance in an engaging way. And I think from your point of leadership and that how that can help them as well, I'm also wondering, maybe for us an individual contributor, how can this help them as well, in your opinion, Judy? Mm -hmm. Employees who can harness their talents and turn them into strengths can position themselves within a team. They can produce better results consistently, uh, and it also helps provide a clear image. So 
you can see where you yourself are able to contribute, but also see where limitations exist and how you can overcome these obstacles by playing to the strengths of your team. It's not easy to identify strengths, though. <laughs> People have a tendency to overestimate or underestimate what they're good at because strengths are something that we take for granted. You really don't give a lot of thought to something that comes naturally to you. It's just second nature. Uh, so it requires feedback to reinforce what you see someone else is doing well. This doesn't mean that you have 100% success each time. What it does mean is that working strength-based starts a different kind of conversation. So it allows feedback for employees and leaders to improve themselves and invest in their talents. It provides a language for great collaboration and promotes appreciation for what is strong. It builds confidence and a positive team vibe. People who are valued for what makes them stand out are more willing to bring their best to the team. And you also tend to see that they have more positive interactions with their colleagues. It's helping that individual contributor to, as you said, we are so used to thinking, well, we might not be good at a particular skill, but I think it's more highlighting what the person and the team are good at and how can they complement those different strengths. Yeah, it's not possible to be great at everything, yet we often feel this expectation to be great at everything. It's unrealistic. And also, I find that it's a little bit difficult to accept that certain things are not not within your skill set. Yeah. But again, this approach is not saying, oh, you can't do something. It's more of taking the mindset of, okay, I can do it in this way. So these are the strengths that I have, and I can reach the same outcome as someone else, but in a way that is natural to me, in a way that I know how to go about it, in a way that I'm confident in. And that's okay. It does mean that maybe certain certain tasks or certain things might be more difficult for you, but this is also like you said where your colleague can can pick up where where you may leave off. It creates a, a wider spread of skills. Absolutely. And from your experience as a coach and from the interactive sessions that you have hosted with your customers, if you could please share with us, what have you learned from them so far? Uh, I love this question. <laughs> that is such a great question because no matter how many times I do this, no matter how many team sessions I have or individual discussions I have, I always learn something. It's interesting because being, uh, being strength based and being a strength coach or being involved in strengths really allows you to be a life long student of yourself. What I tend to learn the most or what I appreciate learning the most is when I see teams after a strength-based session, how they are creatively able to come up with solutions of problems that they're facing. Much of what you do with strengths or how you invest in it, it takes a lot of work. So just because something is natural to you does not mean that it's always used productively. So to provide an example, I, I have communication as a strength, but that does not mean that everything that comes comes out of my mouth is novel, life-changing. It's not a huge revelation. I still have to practice and constantly invest in my ability to communicate to get the most out of it. So the point being is investing in your team, yourself, and your company, it's hard and it's not linear success. But through these experiences, I find new insights about myself, either from individual or team sessions or working with a company. I can relate to the problems that teams have. I can even relate to the problems that organizations have. And it influences me and how I help others and how I help myself. That's uh, really important to consider for leaders and how to successfully lead a remote team. What advice would you give to the leaders uh, that are listening right now. Mm. So working remotely is an adjustment <laughs> for sure. 
yeah. but like all things, this will eventually become second nature. So apart from the obvious need for trust, I think it's important to also consider the needs of your team. Some people will thrive in remote work and others might struggle. Some require the presence of other people to be energized or to really get their push their work out the door. So knowing the needs of your team can decipher when you might need to take a backseat approach or identify someone who might need a little bit more support. And when I say support, that does not mean micromanage, but it does mean having an open conversation about what could help them better navigate remote. It's also quite difficult to disconnect from work now that we're doing this from our homes. So I think regular check-ins are also crucial. And this is not just to gauge if everyone is on the same page work-wise, but also to do sort of a well-being check of your team. You can also, you don't have to spend time just focusing on the practical side of work. You can identify some things that went well and why it went well. This is one of the best strength-based practices we recommend, and I'm sure you're familiar with it because you also have the team session. So as an individual, an individual check-in, you can ask what they recently did that they're proud of or uh, what made them feel like they were in an inflow state. So what I mean by inflow is that, you know, you get consumed with your work, you lose track of time not counting the minutes until you can uh, log off. And in team meetings, it can be good to reflect on team successes as well. So you can reflect again on what went well as a team. Uh, why did it go well? But you can also promote appreciation by asking, you know, who saw something great in a team member from last week or so. I think it's if you're going to go about working strength-based, manager involvement is crucial to the success of this because, you know, once the novelty of the team session wears off, you have to keep it going. Yeah. When, once you, once you've had a team session, it, it feels great and yeah, and you're very motivated. But then as time goes on and you get back in your routine, it becomes a little bit more di- difficult. So you have to keep that momentum and it's very important that you have a supportive manager in that process as well. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And from one of your LinkedIn posts that it referred to how company culture, and I think now also talking about a remote or a hybrid environment, how that has actually changed a company's culture. But in this case, how that is the glue of a modern organization, especially maybe now shifting to, to this new normal and doing air quotes here. Um, if you could please expand on that topic for the listeners today. Sure. What I meant by it, it being the glue of modern organizations is that culture binds employees to the organization, like glue, if you will. It fosters the process of learning and competence development with employees. So if you think about it, it's sort of like the governance of your company, which is just as much social as it is administrative. And we at Strengths Consultancy described it as a guiding hand, which can be a helpful hand or it can be a hurting hand. And as you saw from my post, I linked company culture to work-related outcomes that most organizations are trying to achieve, like innovation, performance, revenue. So pretty standard things. But employees don't join a company because of the reasons a company wants them to join. 
So, for example, millennials, amongst millennials, mission and purpose is a strong deciding factor in determining where they will work. And we see this trend with the younger generation. You may have a very strong company mission, but if you don't have the culture that can help employees to reach that mission in a healthy and productive way, you're setting yourself up for issues of turnover, burnout, and a poor reputation, all of which will be much more costly than investing in the needs of your employees. And by now, I think companies recognize that, you know, just adding a ping pong table in the office doesn't make them a modern company that's cracked the code to developing culture people want to be a part of. How they develop their employees, how strong their mission is, providing a sense of purpose, even how they approach crisis or, you know, a pandemic, this all dictates the culture that they create. So if you put this in the context of strength-based working, it's more than just giving an assessment. It's more than just having one discussion with your employees. And it's more than just having a, a team session. It's having executives, managers, and leaders who support and invest strengths and embrace the journey to invest in themselves. And in doing so, they show that they're not just talking the talk. They're actually walking the walk. They're showing employees that they are willing to go to the distance to create a work experience that they've been searching for to meet their needs. Not just saying, oh, you want to work remotely, you can do it, you know, but going beyond that, like we actually care for you and we show you that we will. This can also mean accepting when you need help. <laughs> so after a few sessions, if you've had a team session or an individual session, that does not mean that you are an expert in strength-based working. So if you're looking to make a strength-based cultural change, uh, you will need to have a game plan and you will need to have knowledgeable coaches or experts that can guide you in this process to know how to implement it on a larger scale. Because Unfortunately, we have experienced that, you know, people who have participated in a, in a team session or an individual session really were keen to replicate this experience. But it's very, it's a very delicate and careful process to make sure that your culture is being constructed in, in the best possible way, because it's very easy to damage the culture as well. Yeah. And I think even to your initial comment, I still remember saying a few job descriptions that will imply that by having snacks or by having, I don't know, as you said, <laughs> a ping pong table that was already trying to, maybe they are also catering to a particular audience or they will think they are that enticing in a way to actually come to their company and maybe but now I think people are as you said if it's millennials looking for that purpose it's not so much it's your kitchen fully stocked with whatever um, food or anything like that I think it definitely goes beyond that and I think just trying to even discover that purpose as well if people are actually working remotely but then what's next how can we actually build this culture uh, mm -hmm. in a remote uh, way as well yeah it's difficult I mean you need to, uh, I think you need to have standard ways ways of working something agreements amongst the team as well you know like at a certain point that you that you and and maybe respecting that as well there are people who prefer to work later and that's fine but then they shouldn't be spamming other people with emails so having this agreements amongst the team as well of okay th this is the way in which we have all agreed that this is how we prefer to to approach work is something that I think can help with. And also for the people who are <laughs> a bit more social, 
there are ways in which you can can create social events that are also virtual. Just, you know, in the last company that I worked for, I used to do virtual walks. So we would have meetings or we would have discussions that were still productive, but we would just do it going outside. So we were more mobile or we would have a, a five minute or 10 minute break or so where we could just interact with one another, maybe share ideas just to, to get a bit of a breather. And this goes back again to what I was saying about some people who really thrive just being by themselves and others who maybe need a bit more. But creating that sense of community virtually, it, it is difficult. It's good that you're referring it as a community because I think right now for people that are away from their colleagues and may maybe not even the same city or country, etc., that they might even need to find themselves a community locally. So I know you have alluded to this, but what problem is strength consultancy trying to solve? I love that you asked this question. <laughs> of course, we want to help teams be more efficient and we want to help develop leaders. Uh, we also want to help companies achieve their own mission. But I believe the root of what we do is, is much bigger. And so by now, you and everyone else has, I assume, heard of the great resignation. And to me, this represents a systemic problem with the work design or how design, uh, how work is designed. People want to feel appreciated and autonomous and not like they're disposable. And if 30% of our life is spent at work, we deserve to feel valued, productive. And I believe that some organizations have good intentions, but ineffective communication and a misunderstanding of one another. So uh, they search for this magic bullet that will solve all issues, team building, cultural problems, ineffective leadership, etc. So at an individual level, strengths consultancy can help people with practical advice to identify and develop their unique strengths. We also boost confidence and their quality of life because they develop a sense of value in themselves. At a leadership level, we help leaders also with practical advice on how they can amplify their own and uh, their own strengths and different strengths of the team. Our most frequently solved issues are turning the composites of great individuals into a great team, turning frustration into appreciation of differences, and helping focus on what's strong instead of what's wrong. What this means at an organizational level is it's resolving retention, engagement, leadership, productivity, and we do this by creating a strength-based culture and a system for performance management that supports strengths development. That's quite comprehensive in terms of how leaders and their teams can bring everyone together by looking at their strengths, perhaps even determine from a management perspective if people will be better placed or will thrive even um, more leading a particular project or maybe people that wouldn't necessarily will want to lead that project, but also how they can contribute to that as well. And in this case, obviously, to be happier at work and just by doing that discovery themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's it's important to highlight, I mean, with any company, these issues and employee development and, and getting the most out of an organization or reaching these results that organizations want to achieve. It's a multi-level approach. There is not going to be, you know, snacks in the cupboard or a ping pong table or remote work or something that suddenly solves all of the problems. So you have to examine it at multi multiple layers uh, of the company and the organization. 
Yeah, totally. And Judy, just before I let you go and something that I like to ask all of my guests, what's in your toolbox? What mobile or web app you cannot live without? And it can be work and not work related. Okay, so for myself, I have a tendency to be very in <laughs> ambitious about how I want to spend my day. So I have implemented a focus to do app which is on my computer, and it uses the Pomodoro technique. Ah, so 25 nice. minutes working, five minutes break, so that I can be a little bit more realistic about what I can and can't achieve in an eight-hour work period. I'm also gravitating towards anything that allows me to integrate aesthetics with practicality. So Figma is a big tool in my life to convey my ideas and, and just wireframe and do different things and provide designs that are realistic. From a coaching perspective, we use uh, Calendly. So this is such an upgrade, in my opinion, because Because before we were having to do everything manually from the emails to sending Zoom links. And now this is just a one-stop shop for our scheduling needs. And of course, we have Gallup's access, which provides us with all of the information and overview for our individual sessions and team sessions so that we can produce things like the team grid and just keep that all in a comprehensive view. Yeah, I really like Calendly uh, as well. It is quite handy. And I think, yeah, there has been quite a few guests that yeah they're gonna be calendly fans um so yeah judy thank you so much and i'm actually wondering if folks will want to reach out to you what will be the best way for them to do that they can absolutely reach me on linkedin we also have instagram that's fine but i think linkedin is the best way my name is judy bowers you can also find us on strengths consultancy via our linkedin page okay great thank you so much judy and have a great rest of your day yeah thank you you too Esse podcast foi editado por Aerolitos, edição inteligente.